In the name of the crucified and risen Christ, amen. I want to stand there. This table's making me nervous. I need to move it back a little. I don't think falling down the steps is what I want to do. Not today. Okay, that's better. So let me start by stating the obvious. This is hard. The truth is, this is my last Sunday as your rector, and there has been so much history that's been shared. Some of it's actually been the history that has happened in this country and in the world around us during this long tenure. We've gone through 9-11 wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. We've had to live in this country with repeated tragedy of unarmed black men and women being killed. We've had to deal with a recession or two, I can't remember, COVID. It's been a lot. And as a parish, we've gone through a lot. And I know you all haven't been here for these 26 and a half years, but we, oh, just rebuilt the church and the parish house during that time. We started a program which will be coming back soon to mentor new clergy. First it was called the Lilly Program, and then it became our own and the Rockwell Fellowship, which is a great, great thing. We have gone off to Malawi and Haiti and spent time with children who have a parent in prison, and that doesn't even talk about the day in and day life of this place, because that's what actually makes this so hard for me. It's all those things, of course, but it's actually seeing all of you. Because the fact is that you have done that extraordinary thing, which some priests are blessed to experience, and I consider myself truly blessed, and that is that you have let me into your lives. The reality is I have had great celebrations with some of you. I have also walked through absolutely shattering grief with others of you, and I know the hopes that you carry and the burdens that many of you carry still. It is an extraordinary thing to let someone in, to know you, to be with you, to pray with you, and it's happened in, of all things, meetings, as well as hospital rooms, and my home, and your home, and in this church, and in the midst of healing prayer. But it is a remarkable thing. And you actually also have come to know me. Those of you who have been here a good while know that I'm not much for self-revelation in sermons, the truth is I have always thought the gospel is way more interesting than I am, and I hold to that belief. But nonetheless, you have gotten to know me sometimes through a small something I may have said in a sermon, but also through those conversations we've had when I've sat with you. You were also there at the great joy and celebration when Tom, my husband, and I brought our son Christopher home from Guatemala. You were there and supported and prayed for us all when our son went through crippling anxiety and depression as a teenager. 
And I'm happy to say if you can be here at the end of the month, you're going to get to see the happy young man that Christopher is now. You were also there when just before homecoming in 2004, my beloved mother died, and I needed to be there rather than here. And you all understood that. So know that I cherish all of that because I cherish all of you. Some of you I know extraordinarily well. Some of you I know pretty well. Some of you I know a bit, and some of you are new or I haven't gotten to know you, but you are here, and I see you every Sunday as we gather in this church and at this table, and that means everything. But if you know me, you know I couldn't do this Sunday without preaching the gospel, and in addition to that, I think that this particular gospel for this day is exactly right. Not just for me and for us, as I take my leave as your rector, but for those of you who may be new and an odd but interesting day to be new here, and those of you who are here to support Pierce in his baptism, I think this gospel is exactly right. So I have always thought that Thomas gets a bad rap. He's not actually the doubter he's been labeled as. He's just an honest skeptic. And we are New Yorkers. We really appreciate an honest skeptic. Most of us would count ourselves among their number. And he has reason to be skeptical. He has heard this fantastical story about Jesus walking through a locked door after his death. Okay. But he's hearing that from the disciples who, along with Thomas, fled as soon as Jesus was arrested and certainly did not stick around to witness his crucifixion. It is no surprise that Thomas, in hearing from them, who are still a week later in that room with the door closed, albeit not locked, says, you know what, thanks. I need to see for myself. I need to see for myself. Well, it turns out that Jesus also likes an honest skeptic because Jesus comes again for Thomas. He comes. And when Jesus comes, when Jesus comes to us, as he came to Thomas, there are two things that will always make it clear that it's Jesus you're encountering. The first is Jesus' love. That excludes no one. Didn't in his ministry as he went out with lepers, forgave the unforgivable, spent his time with outsiders. Doesn't exclude even faithless and fearful disciples. Jesus comes with love that excludes no one. But the other thing that is so clear in this story and so important for us to remember is with that love, we encounter Jesus as one who knows suffering from the inside. His life was about spending time with those who were suffering. But then in his death, it was not those, it was he himself who took it all in.
in that horrific death, showing us that there is absolutely no place God won't go to be with us, that God won't go to be for us. Resurrection. Resurrection, which we are celebrating all through Eastertide, does not deny death. It goes through it to declare that love is stronger. So Jesus comes into this room, Jesus comes to us, and Jesus' wounds are real. Jesus, seeing a love that is stronger than death, declares, my Lord and my God. Thomas is the very first one who will ever say that, the very first Christian to make that announcement, but he will not be the last. There was an essayist in the 19th century who wrote, all any parish needs, all any parish needs is one person who knows God at more than second hand. I think Thomas must be his patron saint. Well, I can leave today with a great deal of sadness because I'm leaving you, but also with incredible joy and hope because I leave a parish that is full of people, not one, but many, who know God at more than second hand, who have come to know God, know Jesus, and have been blessed by the Holy Spirit. And you know that firsthand. You have not seen, and yet you believe. It is not Jesus in the flesh we come to know, but we know him. Some rectors find them spending their time being the official Christian in the church the one who's supposed to know it, believe it, proclaim it, live it out. You all have figured out having a relationship with Jesus is way too fabulous to leave to the clergy alone. It's why this parish, where we know that love for ourselves and for all people, and we know that we can go through suffering, has become a beacon surely for other churches, but most importantly for the world, because we take the love and share it with each other and then take it through the doors. So what do I want you to know? That I love you. Not as much as Jesus. Nobody loves you as much as Jesus. But I love you a lot. And I will miss you, all of you. I will miss the music the noise of kids, you're being extraordinarily quiet today, let me just say, and the welcome that we offer to everyone who comes through the doors. I trust that you will remember me, but I trust as well that you will welcome my successor with open hearts, and I am really confident that whoever that is, that rector is also just going to insist on preaching the gospel. So together, we can trust Jesus.
because it's Jesus who leads us. Jesus, our Lord and our God. Amen.